Hello and welcome to Sharp HR Career Corner with Karen Sharp Price. This podcast will inform and inspire you in your quest to find the right career path. If you're just starting out, looking to make a change in your field or transitioning into a new career, then this podcast is for you. We'll be sharing tips and providing resources on topics such as writing resumes, interviewing, using LinkedIn, and networking. We will take a look at different careers, companies, and opportunities. You will hear success stories from professionals in all career paths, and so much more. You will leave this podcast with three key takeaways that you can easily put into practice. Enjoy! Welcome to Sharp HR Career Corner. This is our first episode of 2022. Sharp HR Career Corner has a very special guest. We've decided to focus this year on more topics surrounding women. And we're starting off this year with a conversation with Edna Lemuse. Edna was born in January of 1921. Yes, you heard me correctly. If you're quickly doing the math, Edna turns 101 in January of 2022. Edna is my grandmother-in-law, my husband Jim's grandmother. Since the beginning of 2020, after Edna turned 100, she and I have been recording our meetings on video. Edna has been telling her family story since she was born in 1921. This summer, Edna gave my husband Jim the gift of these recordings of their family history for his 50th birthday. And I couldn't think of a better guest to have on my podcast to kick off 2022 and the Year of Women for Sharp HR. This episode, we're going to talk about how it's been growing up as a woman over the last 100 years. So let's welcome Edna Lemuse. I really appreciate you doing this for me. <laughs> how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you. Good. Well, thank you. I, I do appreciate this. We've been meeting twice a week for months until this past summer, and I've missed talking with you about your family history. It's been fun talking with you about the history, too. Well, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about, about um, Jim's family and the whole history of, of all of that. And I still, when I meet some people and I talk to them about what we've been doing, um, the one story that always stands out, I mean, there's so many of them, but the one that really stands out is when your family visited Washington, D.C., and Eleanor Roosevelt waved to you. That really, that's like a classic. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I still use I that. About that. <laughs> I, I actually told someone that story today. I, I use that very often because I think that's a great story. So let's, let's start. Let's just talk about, you know, thinking back 100 years when you were born. Um, what was it like growing up um, in the 20s and in the 30s. Uh, in high school, did girls in high school have part-time jobs at all? Uh, not per se, except for babysitting. I believe that's all that the girls did in those days. I didn't know anyone who had a job in high school. Oh, okay. A job other than babysitting. Yeah. I never. <laughs> so like raising um, girls and, and, um, and you, like with your mom, was there expectations of 
what you should do as a career? Should you stay at home? Should you have a career? What, what was the expectation back then? Well, I knew that I always wanted to be a teacher and I wanted to work with little, little children, uh-huh. which I did. I taught first grade and uh, did that for a number of years until after I was married. Okay. Uh, then I went with my husband when I could be with him in the country because he was in the service after we were married. Yep. So, so that was, uh, it was not the usual thing for people to start out marriage life with not always being with your spouse. Right. There were but, many times when I could not be. But you're talking back at World War II, correct? So um, That's life, correct. life was very, very different back then. Uh, and, and, Absolutely. And one of the things that you told me, I can't tell you how many times throughout our conversations together, was the, the phrase that you used was, Karen, you did what you had to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Yep, it didn't matter whatever obstacle or challenge you had to face. The way you looked at it was you just had to do what you had to do. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, I think if you go through life thinking that way, um, I don't know, I think, it, I think it helps. I think it helps your mindset when, when you have to face something that you're, you know, a challenge in your life. So that, that stuck with me. Uh, you know, you, you said it many times, so I think it was just a part of you. And, um, and I think that I will always remember that. I don't even remember saying that <laughs> even once. I guess I did. Well, I think it's so, I think it comes natural to you. I think that's your mindset. So I, I think you just, you do what you have to do. <laughs> and, and I think it's just <laughs> well. a part of who you are. So, so let's go back a little bit. Um, so back in the, let's see. 40s, I believe you were in college. Um, well, probably I graduated in the 40s. Okay, so it was the late 30s. Okay, so so back then in the 30s, were women generally going to college? That was an option. Or um, was that rare? I don't think, or not like it is today. Okay, I don't think as many women were going to college. No, but I always knew that I wanted to because I really wanted to be a teacher. <laughs> so where did that come from? Why why did you want to become a teacher? I don't know really, except I do know that my mother always had hoped that she could have been a teacher. Ah. Maybe maybe that rubbed off, I don't know. Yeah. But I know that uh when I first went to Sunday school, which was before uh regular school, um my I told my mother when I grew up, I wanted to be a Sunday school teacher. I didn't know about the other school until later <laughs> on. So what what kind of choices did women have back then? Like when you went to college, what were women mainly going for? Was it just a few things or did they have options of anything? Women did not have the options that they have today. When you graduated from high school, oh. either you would be a teacher, a nurse, or a secretary. When you went to high school, you took either a commercial course or a college entrance course. Wow. That was the choices that we were given in those days. Huh. 
That was in the, thir- in the 30s. Wow, that's something. So, so yeah, there were no things open to women in those days. Yeah, but but there was no um, problem for you to go to college to be a teacher at that time. No, I went to a state normal school, which was the forerunner of the uh, state colleges, oh. and the, the this normal school I went to was New Paltz. Okay, and. Uh, the only thing that they would issue any kind of certification from was for teachers. Oh. There were there were no other things in that school. Uh huh. Wow. Do you remember <laughs> like how many people were in your class? Was it hundreds or was it was it less than a hundred of people that? Oh no! In my class, a couple hundred probably. Okay. And mostly and we- women. We were the future. We were the future teachers, <laughs> because that was the school we all were going to. You had to go there. And uh-huh. there were other state uh, co- colleges, which specialized in other areas. Okay. There was one for music. There was one for uh, men going in for woodworking and that sort of thing. Oh, okay. But uh, the the, uh, the state schools were rather segmented, I would say. Okay. And was that school just for women, or was it a combination of oh, men no. and women? No, okay. no, it was co-ed. Okay. So you started out um, as a teacher. Do you, now, I don't know if you mind, and if you mind, you don't have to answer this question, but can you tell us what were you paid your very first real job as a teacher? I will tell you very readily. <laughs> I was paid $1,000 for the entire year. Wow. Now, of course, the, the economy was different then. Yeah. So it, when you compare that to today, it, it's you can't really compare oranges and apples. No, no, um, but it makes you stop and pause for a minute because that, that is amazing. Um, over 100 years, well, it's probably 80 years ago um, and what it is today. So that that's very interesting. Well, for that $1,000, it, it was in a small school for only four rooms. And it was first and second in one room, third and fourth, fifth and sixth, and seventh and eighth. And I taught first and second. But there was no kindergarten first. So you could say that I taught kindergarten first and second grade <laughs> for that. All the year. Wow. Well, that's something. Now, was school, um, the length of school the same? Was it about the same, September through May? Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And and did the kids stay there for lunch, or did they go home and come back? Oh, no, they stayed for lunch. Oh, they did? <laughs> and you ate with them. You ate with them. You oh. did everything with those children. Really? You had them for the full day. Wow. <laughs> and did you have did you have any kind of aids or anything anybody in the room helping you? Ha ha ha! <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> wow. Uh, occasionally, we had a music teacher come in. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We didn't have an art teacher. Um, uh, a gym teacher came in occasionally. Now, this was not on a general rule. 
uh, we wondered sometimes if they were coming or if they weren't. <laughs> so you did everything with them. You, they came in in the morning, and you had all your classes. Um, and as I say, I really was teaching three grades, or they only called it two. Yeah. I think they just disregarded kindergarten. Uh, so these children came five years of age, five or six, uh -huh. and I had them for two years. Wow. And then they would go to the next teacher who was in that another room. Uh -huh. But otherwise, even though I was teaching several grades, it was all in one classroom. You know, that, that's interesting because um, I've heard of some schools in some particular grades that now have, and I, I don't know what they call that, where they will teach um, students for two years instead of just one. And they and they call it, they kind of think of that as progressive, but really, uh, you were doing it uh, 80 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, so they're really, they're starting to look back at the, the way things were done before, because usually that was done the right way, so... <laughs> So that's very interesting. What goes around comes around. It certainly does. It certainly does. So did you feel much competition in, in the teaching arena um, when there were men teaching as well? There was one man in, in the school because there were only four teachers, four rooms. Okay. So it was first and second, third and fourth, fifth and sixth. And then the, the man, the only man in the, in the building, taught seventh and eighth, and he was the principal. Oh, wow. Okay. So were there women principals ever in that time? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. When I went, when I went, um, I took some time off. Uh -huh. And uh, when I went back, I was teaching for a woman principal. Now, how many in years? In another school. In another school. Oh, okay. I changed. I did not go back to the. I taught one year in that school, and then uh, they were going to raise my salary by fifty dollars a year. Wow! And I found that going to the next county, I could get thirteen hundred, and I took a job in that county. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, you know, that's still true today. It, you usually don't make um, enough of an increase staying where you are and asking for more money. But if you move around to somewhere else, then you make more money. And it's still true 80 years later. Um, so, you know, like growing up in the last 100 years, um, did you feel as a girl that there was inequality with men? Or, or did you not feel that as much? Just in work and, and just getting around and doing things, being able to do anything you wanted, did you feel that you were not equal? I don't think I even felt it at all. I don't think we thought about things like that. Okay. We just knew that's the way things were, and there, there was nothing else to do. Yeah. There was... Uh, Women were not doing the same jobs as men. Yeah. Now teaching that teaching there were as many men teaching as women. There always were, and I guess there always will be. Right. Uh, and when I was teaching, as I say, there were 
three women and one man in the, that was the entire school. Wow. Uh, but later on, when I did go over to another school, another district, another county, uh, it was it was not the same. There were many. There were like three uh, teachers in each grade. So it was a much bigger school I went to. So it was not the same ideas okay. as well, I had that first year that I taught. Okay. Were you, you know, like simple things, were you allowed to get your driver's license just like everybody else? Oh, yes, I think okay. so. Only I didn't have one then. <laughs> <laughs> but there was no reason to. I had to, I had no car. <laughs> Wouldn't couldn't have afforded a car, especially on a thousand dollars. Although cars in those days were about four hundred to five hundred dollars for a new car. Wow, wow, that'd be ha almost <laughs> half your salary, though. That would well, be I didn't, I didn't have a car. <laughs> yeah. So how did you get around for work? Uh, there was a one. T t there were three teachers. Uh, including myself, lived in the same area there. And one of those teachers had a, had a car. So I would walk over to her house, which was sort of across the street, mm -hmm. and uh, then I would go with her because she had a car. Okay. Wow. <laughs> but there weren't too many young people who had cars in those days. Yeah. Not like today. What about voting? When when you were old enough to vote, could you vote? Yes. Okay. Yes. I can remember a funny situation. When I went to register to vote, one of the questions they asked me was, uh, can you read and write? <laughs> and I said to them, I'm a teacher. <laughs> you better be able to. <laughs> In your lifetime... Is there any is there any event that sticks out in your mind that you felt like you were becoming more of an equal to to men or do you because you were able to vote so that wasn't a very big uh, issue for you? you no, could you went. To I college. had no issue of things that I couldn't do as a woman. Okay. I, I mean, I was very. I started teaching when I was nineteen. So I was really only a kid at the time myself. So looking back, you were 19. What advice would you give somebody who's like, you know, 19 to 22 right now that are starting their starting out on their own in a career? Do you have any advice that you would give them? Well, whatever career they were choosing, it should be something that they really loved to do. I think that's the most important thing that you like what you are doing. Yep. I mean, I knew as a child that I always wanted to teach. I mean, that was I had no idea of anything else maybe that I could have done except being a nurse or a secretary. There wasn't much open in those days uh, for women to do. Hmm. Was there any uh, renegades out there during your time where, you know, women that were really trying to become something that, they normally wouldn't be allowed to do. Do you remember anybody back then that? No, know? I don't. No? Okay. I don't remember anything like that until World War II. Oh. That was when, that's when life really changed. 
Okay. And how, how so? Well, I'm talking about careers. Okay. There were, there were not, the men were fighting wars and the women had to take over some of those jobs, which they never had before. Oh. So, so life really changed at World War II. Okay. And that was, that was when I was really growing up then. Yeah, yeah. And so is it true that women um, left the homes to go work in the manufacturing facilities to help uh, support the troops that were then had Absolutely. jobs? Hmm. Absolutely. But there was the, also the problem then, there were no like daycare centers or anything. So if a woman wanted to go into some business or, or uh, whatever, yeah, uh, she had to have someone who would take care of her children. Oh, so how did that work? Because there, were no day, there was no daycare or anything like that back then. Yeah. At so least there may have been like in cities. But I lived in a town, in a small town. Huh. So did women help support other women then? Like, would somebody stay home and watch other kids so that the could be. mother could go? Huh. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have to because I always had a mother who could do that for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's very nice. Yeah. So um, when when the war was over and the men came back, what did the women do about their jobs? That they had taken. Well, some some of them I think were very happy that they didn't have to work anymore <laughs> <laughs> because the men and the men needed jobs. Yeah, yeah. Didn't you say that there was a real shortage of of housing back then? Oh, definitely. I know uh, when Harold and I were married, we had. Uh, uh, no place that we could live mm. because there, there was a, definitely a housing shortage and we were fortunate that i could live for harold and i could live then with my mother and father which yeah. we had to for a while because there was no place you could rent and of course we had no money to buy anything right, right. <laughs> even if there were, even if there was housing to be bought yeah wow so looking back over the the years and everything, is there anything that you would have changed? Would you have would you have done anything differently? No, because I as I knew I wanted to teach, uh -huh. which I did, and then after Harold came home, we had a baby by then. Oh, okay. Because uh, I was able to be with Harold at various times when he was in the army, but not overseas. Mm. So while I was able to be, while we were able to be together, uh -huh. uh, I became pregnant, and we did have, we did have a, a child, uh -huh. who uh, was born while Harold was in France. Wow, that's where he was. He was he was in chemical warfare, which was uh, his particular units followed along various armies. They did not do things on their own. They worked like with armies, like Harold worked, was followed along with the Third Army in mm. Germany and England and France. So he was doing something, I'm surprised, 
they put him into chemical warfare because he was teaching chemistry before he went into the army. That Usually they put them in something entirely different. <laughs> but that was what <laughs> So they knew, they knew chemistry. As a matter of fact, he was deferred many times before he went into the army because they figured teaching chemistry was a war effort. Oh, okay. So they yep. didn't want him in the army yet. He was teaching a subject that was needed in the for the good of the country. When you were talking about having a baby, um, was it was it true back then that when you had a baby, you were by yourself? The husband was not in the room to help you out. Well, he was in France, but if he had been home, <laughs> would he have been allowed? <laughs> What do you, what do you well, I was there? very fortunate. I was still living with my mother and father. Because, you know, nowadays husbands can be there with their wives. Oh, no, the- that was. Oh. Yeah. He wasn't around anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, they they did not let husbands in at all. Huh. That those days. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just interesting, the little things that have changed along the way, you know. Oh, yes. When you look at all of it. One of the things that I have at at the end of my uh, podcast is that I I ask my guests to give three pieces of advice. And for you, we're we're kind of talking about women, women in general, young women starting out in their careers. Um, You had given the advice uh, that really just follow something that you really love to do. Do you have any other advice that you would give somebody just, you know, because 22 years old or whatever, however old there are, that's still young. And especially if you're thinking about a 22-year-old right now, they got a long life to live. And there's just so many different turns and pivots in a lifetime. What kind, do you have any advice to give anybody? Well, they have, they have so many more choices yeah. in a career for them that they have today, mm-hmm. which, as I say, there were only three choices for women or young girls, as I say, teaching, nursing, or secretary. Yeah. Uh, there was very little else. I don't, I don't know of anybody who did anything else. So do you think there's too many options now? Oh, I think it's great that there are options for them. Yeah. But of course, maybe all the men don't think that. <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> I don't that's know. True. Because they had all the jobs. But at, at the wartime, at world, I'm talking World War II, to yeah. me, that was the war, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, yes, that was all that they could do. They had to do, women got into these other things, which men were doing beforehand, but the men weren't available for this. Right. So the women took these jobs, which men formerly had. Mm-hmm. And I suppose many of them wanted to go back to those jobs. And they were the men now. Right. And the men really, the men needed, if, unless they had a family to support. But as I say, there was no uh, daycare or anything like that yeah. in those days. Yeah, that would make it more so, di- a lot more difficult. Absolutely. Yeah. So I have one more question for you. With all the years that you've been learning about new opportunities for women, if you had to pick a second career, is there anything along the way that you have heard about that was really interesting to you that you thought, hmm, that might have been interesting if if that option had been available to me? Is it, does anything come along? <laughs> have you, I know this is a question I didn't ask you ahead of time, but 
No, that's, uh, you know, that that's a hard question for me to answer because I always knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. I, I knew that I wanted to teach. And I also knew when I had children, I wanted to bring them up myself. Yeah. I think back in those days, too, when young couples married, they didn't feel they had to have everything. Mm-hmm. You know, that all the, the niceties and so forth. Uh, we were very satisfied with what we had, which wasn't a lot. Right. And so I think there was a, a very different feeling that women had. And I know most of my friends felt the same. They wanted to bring up their children themselves. Mm-hmm. It, Parents, you know, who would help them at all. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I would not have changed my life. Okay. That's really, that's good to know. I mean, there has really been an evolution, though, of of women, careers, and family and trying to balance all of that. Um, so it's just very interesting. I, I thank you. I thank you very much for, one, always going along with me uh, when I ask you to, to do me a favor. Well, uh, I'm always willing, you know that. <laughs> you, you always do. You just say, sure, just tell me when to show up. So I really do appreciate that. And I appreciate the time that we have spent over the last year talking to each other, letting me get to know more about your family and the history of it. And thank you. Thank you again for being on and sharing your stories with us. Well, you are certainly welcome, Karen. (laughs) I'm always willing to help someone. (laughs) I just call and ask and you say yes. So (laughs) so thank you very much for doing that. And thank you, everyone, for listening to Sharp HR Career Corner. If you know anyone who could use some career assistance, share my website with them, sharphumanresources-buffalo.com. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, I encourage you to download the podcast, leave a comment, and share with others you know. The more downloads and comments and likes our podcast receives, the better our ratings and the easier we can be found. So thank you in advance. Until next time, be kind, everyone. We need to show a lot more kindness in the world, and it starts with you and I. Thanks again for listening, and have a great day.